Fact. Okay. Facts. So I got a lot okay. of facts for you tonight, kid. You can blow your mind. All right. Let's do this. Let, I'm, let's do this. Yeah. You gave your tarp up on your bed because your mind's going to get blown all over your bed. <laughs> get blood <laughs> and guts all over your bed. <laughs> you can get blood and guts all over your bed from your mind. Guts in your mind. Fucking guts in your mind. (laughs) Oh, it's so stupid. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This mm. is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week mm. we get into a different album from a different artist and we break mm. down the record. We do all the research we could possibly do. We find out all the secrets mm. about these records. And then we let you all know because we're Asinine Radio. We're the greatest podcast you'll ever listen to. Go to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Please, while you go onto Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating. Please, please, please do that. That would be the best thing you could possibly do. Besides listening. Uh, so we also have a phone number. You can call, leave us a voicemail, send us a text message, whatever you want to do. We'll probably talk about it on the pod. We had somebody reach out to us a couple days ago about Devo. So, you know, get into that. Uh, the phone number mm-hmm. is 503-893-5307. We also have a Discord server if you want to join that. Hang out, talk, you know, other people in the, in the chat as well. Um, let us know. We'll send you the link. So... That's all I got for the intro, the boring intro. Oh, my name's Tyler, and on the other end is Jeff. So there you go. So <laughs> we're done with the intros, the boring intros. What album are we doing today, Jeff? Uh, the Chronic. Bye. Oh, Dr. Dre. So back on up, cause you know we're about to rip shit up. Give me the microphone first so I can bust like a bubble. Compton and Long Beach together, now you know you in trouble. Ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. Too low depth, make us so we're crazy. Death Row is the label that pays, man. Unfadeable, so please don't try to fake this. But uh, back to the lecture at hand. Perfection is perfected, so I'ma let them understand. From a young G's perspective And before me digging a bitch I have to find a contraceptive You never know she could be earning her man And learning her man And at the same time burning her man Now you know I ain't with that shit, Lieutenant Ain't no pussy good enough to get burned while I'm offended yeah. And that's realer than real deal, holy feel And now you hookers and hoes know how I feel Well if it's good enough to get broke off a proper chunk I take a small piece of some of that funky stuff It's like this and like that and like this, Santa It's like that and like this and like that, Anna. It's like this and like that and like this and I Drake creep to the mic like a fan Well I'm peeping and I'm creeping and I'm creeping But I damn near got caught 
my beeper kept beeping. Now it's time for me to make my impression felt. So sit back, relax, and strap on your seatbelt. You've never been on a ride like this before. With a producer who can rap and control the maestro. At the same time with the dope rhyme that I kick. You know and I know I flow some old funky shit. To add to my collection, the selection symbolizes dope. Take a toke, but don't choke. If you do, you have no clue. Or what me and my homie Snoop Dogg came to do. It's like this and like that and like this. Andre Young, also known as Dr. Dre, began his musical career in 1985. As a solo artist, he's put out three full-length records, one soundtrack, one compilation, and is one of the most influential hip-hop artists and producers of all time. The album we're doing today is obviously The Chronic. It's uh, Dr. Dre's first album. It was released December 15th, 1992. The album was produced by Dr. Dre after departing N.W.A., and has sold well over 6 million copies worldwide. Now, Jeff, what is your origin story with Dr. Dre? What do you got? Go. My origin story with Dr. Dre is 2001. The first, uh, the first, I think the first song I ever heard was Still Dre. And I remember, okay. I remember, I don't know, somebody in, in, we were like 12 when this came out. And so, yeah, it, I remember somebody in like, what were we, middle school? I remember who gave it to me. It was this guy that used to live by my house. It was his brother. His brother's name was Raphael. And he had the mm-hmm. album and he was always listening to it. And I liked going to what the fuck was it? I think his name was Olin. His brother's Raphael. And I liked going to their house because his brothers always had like really cool music on. And he let us hang out in his room. And he was like much older than we were. So that's that's like a lot of my hip hop early days that was listening in, in Raphael's room. And yeah. It was it was still Dre, and I was like, "Oh, this is really fucking cool!" Like, I don't I don't really know what this sounds like. And going to camp, all they were playing was was like punk rock of that time, of like the the mid to late nineties of like Dropkick and No Effects and stuff. That's all I really knew. And then listening to this, I was like, "This is so fucking different." I don't know really what is going on, but I like I like what I hear. And let me he let me have the CD. And he's like, "Oh, just take it, dude." And because oh, we shit. did. We live in the same complex, and he's like, "Yeah, just take it." And that's I dude, Raphael was so dope. I'm asking my mom, like, what, who they were, where they moved to. I'm gonna find <laughs> Raphael. I'm gonna thank him. Was it a burn CD or was it? And I no, it was the it. fucking. It was a straight up CD. Wow, that's weird. He had a lot of CDs, like Columbia House Records member, longtime member, a lot of CDs, like hundreds. Your fucking Columbia House man. Dude, it was did that was oh my god that was unmatched it was just that was like the best thing that ever happened to music for kid children it was great but yeah it was it was uh, it was still Dre I heard I didn't hear the Chronic until until probably like late late middle school and then the first song I heard from the Chronic was Let Me Ride and then that's when I realized like holy shit the Chronic the Chronic is where it's at and. After listening to The Chronic one time, and this was like eighth grade, late, late eighth grade listening to The Chronic, I knew then and there that I will always be an advocate for The Chronic being the best thing that Dre's ever done. I still say that to this day because it is (laughs) unmatched. It is so fucking good. And Let Me Ride is still my biggest song, my biggest banger, my number one song. I think it's absolutely perfect. And this album blew me away as a child. And when I bought it on the vinyls again in the past, uh, I think about like two or three weeks ago, it blew me away again. And I'm 
I, I cannot believe. It. I listened to so much hip hop this week. That's why my 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 vinyl things were only like four four deep because I li- I went back and listened to pretty much anything that I had in the '90s. I listened to again. I listened to my Far Side again. I listened to I listened to Lauren Hill again. I listened to Bahamadia again. Oh, I need to get Lauren Hill. I listened to a ton of shit again this week. Uh, pretty much everything that I have in the '90s, I listened to again this week, and it's just been just all hip hop all week, and it's just it's been so goddamn good. Very nice. Very nice. Oh, uh. oh I love my little hip hop collection on vinyl. It's growing, I'm so baby. Proud of it. It's growing. I'm so proud of it. I'm so hip hop's hard because it. it's 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 never cheap. It's never like dollar bin no. stuff. It's always fifteen never. to twenty five dollar bin stuff. Except for like Gigolo Tony, that was like six dollars. Oh, and it's so good. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Oh man. Okay, so that was your that's your origin story with with Dr. Dre. Yeah, uh, Raphael, my, man. <clears throat> Raphael, you got to look this guy up, man. Get him on. I, the know, I have no idea what his fucking last name is. Ask my <laughs> I'm mom. Sure she'll your mom know. Knows. Yeah. yeah, she'll know. Moms know all that kind of shit. Like, yeah, fucking moms, dude. Weird as shit like that. Useless information. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so my my origin story is uh guilty conscience. Conscience. Wait, am I saying that right? I'm your motherfucking conscience. It's nonsense. Am I, am I saying that right though? Guilty conscience. Yeah, conscience? guilty conscience. Okay. Are, are, yeah. are you thinking so that, conscience that, or conscious? Because conscious well, is like conscious rap. You're awake. Well, yeah, they're, they're too conscience. I think is, is spelled differently and, and different thing entirely. It is. Yeah, it means something different. Yeah, spelled, pronounced differently. Yeah. Anyway, that that was the first uh, the first my first introduction to Dr. Dre was that song, and uh, it was, I mean Eminem was blowing up at the time with that song as well as uh my name is and that, that was the first dr dre i'd ever heard I, I i don't even think i'd ever heard straight out of compton or anything off of nwa or from nwa um but yeah that that's that video i remember watching seeing the video for the first time that was the first time i heard the song was the music video on mtv it was on it was on trl i remember that and they only played part of it and it was heavily censored and I just thought it was the weirdest fucking song. The weirdest. The video is so so dumb and so the of videos, its time. I fucking love the video. It's so it of its so time, awesome. <laughs> I haven't seen but it since yeah, like a kid, but it's probably really shit now. But I, I watched it last week. But it's got the cool uh, like slow motion bullet thing, right? No, it has the. It's like the Matrix thing. Yeah. Oh like yeah, they, yeah yeah. It's like Whatever the Matrix thing that. where where they they the 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 person in the mainframe is just like frozen. And then Dre and Eminem are like walking around the person as their as the, his conscience, and they're just talking to him. And it, it's a silly video, but that was that was my introduction to to Dre. And then forgot about Dre came out, and it just see, that song obviously was just everywhere. And like I said earlier, just memorizing those lyrics so quickly, and just my friends and I <laughs> fucking reciting it back and forth, and we still do it to this day. It's so dumb. But after that, after Forgot About Dre, I never, I, I was never into hip hop until after high school. Like every once in a while, I'd like a song, but for the most part, I was kind of out of the whole hip hop game, rap game. Uh, so I didn't hear The Chronic in its entirety until probably right after high school, maybe the end of like our senior year of high school. And yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just, I never really got into it until later on in my musical career, but yeah, guilty conscience was my was my starter, my starter song for Dr. Dre. Even though it's not even a Dr. Dre song, but whatever. First thing I heard, 
first I mean, things that's, first. That's a perfect example of how of how Dre is 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 good as a rapper, but he's great when somebody else is better than him. And yeah. and yeah. like Eminem is I mean Eminem is so fucking good. Yeah. And Dre Dre's Dre's fine. He's fine. And it's not like I wasn't into hip hop in high school, but I only ever really listened to like I mentioned earlier, two thousand one, I listened to that record a lot because everybody else is listening to it. And a lot of the especially the singles on that record are just iconic in hip hop history. I think more so on two thousand one than the chronic. There's so many more hits on that that album than the chronic. And then I mean, obviously like some of the Eminem records I just listen to a lot of those as well. But outside of those two artists, I never really got into any sort of hip hop. It, it's 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 situational for sure though, because I mean I only got into hip hop heavily because everybody that I hung out with was like Mexican, Hispanic. Like everybody mm. in my middle school and my elementary school was Mexican or Hispanic. And so they had a lot of older siblings that listened to hip hop exclusively. And so the only outlet I had that wasn't hip hop was camp. And that's when I got into more like pop punk and oldies and like acoustic stuff. And that's how I love Bob Dylan and all that stuff. So, I mean, the only two things I ever really listened to was either camp music and what I was exposed to there. And then going to friends houses and have their older siblings always listen to hip hop. And so it's, I mean, it's, it's completely situational. Had I not grown up, grew, grew up, grown up, grew up, grown up, grown up, growed up. Growed up, growed up. <laughs> had I not had I not growed up in that area, I I don't think I would ever like when would when would I have been exposed to hip hop outside of of that? You know, like it's yeah, it's true, it's true. Unless, and yeah. so I don't know if it, I, I don't know. I I like I like a lot of hip hop, and even now I still like a lot of hip hop that would be deemed like bad. And I'm always like defending even to to like my neighbors who who don't like hip hop at all. And I'm always like defending different aspects of hip hop and things. And so it, it's just because. I was exposed to it constantly, but without that exposure, I, I never would have, I never would have picked up like a fucking, I don't know, the Chronic album. No way. I know. No way. I like mean, my I, mom listened to zero hip hop. Like she listened to to Credence, Offspring, Green Day, but never hip hop. Country, never hip hop. Yeah, same with my mom. My mom never, never ever listened to hip hop music. Top forty and classic rock. That was pretty much it. But yeah, no, no hip hop. She she hated it, really hated it. But she liked some R and B of the '90s, but not, yeah, definitely not the hip hop. My dad never really. He was all talk radio, so got nothing <laughs> from him. That's that's, a, that's such a dad thing, <laughs> dude. It's all KFI, man. <laughs> Shit, man. Doctor Laura, John and Ken, Howard Stern, who was, uh, and then uh, what, uh, what's his name, Rush Limbaugh. Fuck, man. It was all that shit back in the nineties. That's but that's anyway. That's dad stuff. Like I, I can't name three <laughs> bands that my dad listened to. I name I actually I can't even name two. I I know he liked the Manhattan transfer, but that is it. <laughs> of all bands. He never listened to music ever. And I I, I always yeah. thought that was so bizarre because like we were like I fucking like loved music and constantly you know, like just digested music in various forms and Every time he got in the car, it was always quiet. No talk radio, nothing. It was just fucking quiet. <laughs> That's so bizarre. <laughs> I know. I always thought that was fucking weird. What are you my doing? Dad did go through like a, he, my dad did go through a Johnny Cash phase for like two years. But besides that, it was, uh, it was always KFI. I mean, every time we would get into the car, we would, you know, because we at the time when growing up, we only had one car. 
So we would have to go pick up my mom from work. And then like my, my dad would work nights. My mom would work during the day or vice versa. So we were always like commuting. My sister and I were always commuting with our parents to take one of them to work. And every time, even when my mom was in the car with my dad, it was always talk radio, like never music. Cause he was driving. So it was talk radio. It was KFI every fucking time. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I grew up on. And that's what I started listening to when I was an adult, when I, you know, started I know, to I hate it. be more conscious of of conscious of the news and everything like that. I went to KFI. I mean, that's what I grew up on, and I still like some of the the hosts. They're, some of them are great. It's just, I mean, just Rush Limbaugh was terrible, but it's this natural reaction to inherently rebel against your parents, and then and then when you realize, like the Green Day song on Nimrod, which is "Oh my God, I'm turning out like my dad," like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, dude, like that. Because I remember just going to college too, and in the mornings while I was taking morning classing classes, listening to KFI, and I remember it hit me. I was like, "Wow, <laughs> no, I can't do this. I don't want to be my dad. I, I don't want to be my parents." But dude, that's what we do. That's that's what we know. Yeah, you can't help it. You can't help it yep. through no fault of your yeah. own. That's just it, it's. Oh. But it is. It is. <laughs> it is kind of. Uh, it, it is kind of gross when you when you first realize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a, as a younger person, I as a younger person. It. I tried to fight it, but you just can't. You can't. Just can't do it. It's weird. It's so weird. Anyway, uh, so back, back to uh, what? What are we doing? Back again, Doctor. We did okay. Back. We, we did our we did our intro or we did our uh, mm-hmm. first impression. First impressions. Uh, oh no, we didn't do our first origin impressions. We did our origin story. Let's do our first impression of uh, the chronic, and then we'll get into our. If we have any stinkers, if not, then we'll get into our bangers. So what do you got? Go. Yeah, so by the time the by, by by the time by the time that I really got into like this is n- late 90s is when I really really got into hip hop. So like 90 probably like when I was right before 2001 came out is when I really started to listen to hip hop. And then 2001 hit and that's when I really wanted to search out new hip hop. So after that, there was like a five-year period where I was just digesting so much hip-hop. And then going into high school, it just like continued. And then I was going back and listening to all the stuff that I missed out on prior to that. And so when I first heard The Chronic, I I thought it sounded like 2001, but mm-hmm. more real, more... I mean, this is me coming from... I, I don't know any... Because this, this is prior to like me just looking it up on my phone who this guy is where he came from what he did i didn't know it was a dude from nwa i didn't know all the stuff with def row i didn't know all the stuff with suge knight i didn't Wait, know did any of this def row d-e-f def row yeah like jethro but def row yeah it was really supposed to be called def def row like def jam def row but def row yeah Oh, they wanted they wanted to call it like Def Row Records because it was it was supposed to be like a like an offshoot play on on Def Jam, but somebody really? else owned. I swear, somebody else owned the name Def Row, and so they called it like Death Row. They spelled it differently. It's a Death Row, or it's like Def something. Uh, fact, okay, facts. So I got a lot okay. of facts for you tonight, kid. You can blow your mind. All right, let's do this. Let, I'm, let's do this. Yeah. You gave your tarp up on your bed because your mind's gonna get blown all over your bed. <laughs> Get blood and guts all over your. You, <laughs> you can get blood and guts all over your bed from your mind. Guts in your mind. <laughs> 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 Fucking guts in your mind. What? 
oh, it's so stupid. But yeah, that that period uh. was 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 just me getting into a lot of hip hop, and I remember, dude, I remembered listening to the Chronic, and and I was like, holy fuck, this is so fucking good. I cannot believe how good this is. And this is, I mean, like I didn't grow up in L.A. I, I I'm not I'm not African American. I don't know what he's talking about. Like I don't I can't relate to the lyrics at all. And it was like strictly yeah. the sound. It was the sound. It was the difference in vocal deliveries between Snoop, between Corrupt, between Dre, who I never liked as a rapper, and I still think he is okay, like at best. But mm-hmm. I was just really impressed with the Chronic. I was really impressed, and and I didn't know that this was like his album. I see him on the cover, and I thought like, oh, that's cool that he has a band of guys because I didn't know what a hip-hop group was. It's just, oh, he's a bunch of guys playing, and they're just playing music, whatever. I don't know. I thought it was really cool. A lot of guys hanging out, making cool music. I yeah. thought it was dope. All right, so my first impressions, I mean, like I said, I didn't hear The Chronic until fuck, late high school or maybe right after high school. And, I mean, I, I, I instantly liked it because that was when I was getting more into the conscious hip-hop. I was already kind of into that with the tone deaf and stuff like that and some East Coast guys. But then I heard the chronic and uh, and that one just kind of it just it's so funky at parts and it's it's not I mean, it is synth based, but it doesn't sound like it's synth based, which is really cool. I really, really like that. And we'll talk about Colin Wolf because he's a huge, huge part of this record, which I never knew. Um, But otherwise, yeah, that was that was my first impressions. And I, I just I love this record ever since. I think the album art works terrible. But musically, it's it's just fantastic. Uh, some of the lyrics are, I mean, obviously they're stupid. They're, there's some there's some good, interesting stuff and some good stories in some of the songs, but sometimes it's just like a wank fest, which is, yeah, you know, it's no, hip-hop absolutely. of the era. It's hip-hop of the era, so you can't judge it too harshly, but, you know, you got 16 songs and, you know, 13, 12, 13 of them are all a wank fest. It's, it's kind of boring, lyrically at least. But musically, fucking solid stuff, and just reading about all the back, the back end of it, and how it was made was really, really interesting. But yeah, that's that's my first impressions. Um, you know, I was I was I was an adult when I heard this for the first time, so I don't have any stinkers, besides the skits. Skits don't count. Um, but do you have any stinkers? No, I don't have any stinkers. Even the skits, I don't think are stinkers, except for the doctor's office. I think that's just dumb. That's the only that's that's the only skit that I wish I really really wish I could just skip. <laughs> it's fucking stupid. Yeah, I just it is very stupid. It's cringy I, and I dumb and to, I, completely I, outdated yeah. and just it's. God, it was so. Why did people do that shit in the nineties? It was so fucking annoying. I didn't even like it in the nineties. Well, even even the 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 twenty dollars uh, sack pyramid that one was really dumb too. That's a little bit more thought out though than just. <sighs> I'm having sex with somebody while someone else is trying to talk to me. Like that's so. Come on, guy. I get it. I know. I get it. (laughs) Come on. But no, I don't have any. I don't have any stinkers. So how many bangers do you have though? Uh, I have a lot of bangers. I I have like ten. I think I think I have ten. Yeah. Okay. I have eight, but that's fine. Okay. Okay. Eight of them. Eight and ten. So what is? So should we get into? What we already played, the nothing but a G thing? Yeah. Let's get in nothing but a G thing. That's my 2B. What is that? Where does it sit? Oh, it's your 2B. Okay, that's my 3B. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's my 3B. So 
what do you got on this one musically and and everything like that well let me just say that i don't think this is the best but this is top three best gangster rap songs of all time easy Correct. hands down i i i think it's it's so <laughs> it's it like perfectly captures what he was going for in the mid 90s and Agreed. what I mean, again, from an outsider reading, watching things and going back and watching the L.A. riots and reading blurbs from the people who were running their mouth. Mr. Daryl Gates fucking running his fucking mouth in the 90s. This song is uh, is a good representation of, of what like gangster life was probably like in the mid 90s. And yeah, just I, living in the neighborhood, it seems like I think this is probably like besides besides like fuck the police, which I think is the greatest gangster rap song of all time. I think it's be number two. <laughs> that yeah, is number two. I, I would agree, but they're like very different sounding song. Like very like, um, I, I, I hate using the word, but very different vibe wise because obviously G-Thing, G-Thing is very subdued. It's very, it's not aggressive. It's more laid back. It's more hanging out with your buddies and, yeah, just, one, one's just, one's one's offensive and one is like defensive. Or we're like fuck the police is offensive. It's it's aggressive. It's it's calling somebody out. Whereas nothing but a G thing is just giving you a glimpse of that life of of explaining what is going on uh, happening. Much like like uh, let me ride is kind of in that same vein. Nothing but a G yeah. thing. It's just but damn dude like and like, and the video the video sh- like goes along with the song really well. Like it really puts you, the video really puts you in that. I love these scene. videos. I don't. I, dude, I, I do love too. these videos. They're too. so fucking. They're the perfect amount of dumb and yeah. scary at the same time. Like I fucking love the per- them. The perfect so amount good. of nineties. Perfect <laughs> amount of nineties right there. And, and even though and, we we never grew up in these kind of areas ever. No, and like even in the nineties, like like we were born in eighty seven. So yeah, like we really grew up in like. The late '90s, early 2000s is when our formative years really happened. Like Correct. growing up in the early, we were fucking five in the early '90s. You know what I mean? Like we didn't, we didn't grow know up the, in the '90s. We didn't know what yeah, was going on with the riots. We're not like '90s kids. We're like late '90s, early 2000s kids. To be fair, but yeah. this song's cool because Dre holds back that high Moog synth sound like just enough. You hear it and then it's gone, and he holds it back, and you just you fucking want it so bad because we're five songs deep already, so you you know what's happening. Dre's already dropped, you know, the chronic, fuck with Dre, let me ride. These are all banger after banger after banger. And then nothing but a G thing happens. And then he slowly eases you back into that that but he does an octave lower. It's so it's, it's good. lower first. And so you hear it again, like, oh, like that's all we're gonna get. And then right after that, blows you up with it. And you just it's just it knocks you on your ass. It's so fucking great. And then like above all else, what this album has is that 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 swing to it. He's he's taking a lot of of like the Parliament, the funkadelic stuff, because those all had really great swing. Vocals yeah, aside, totally. their drumming and the bass lines, the rhythm section always had a good swing to them. And and sometimes it'd be a little faster, to be a little bit slower, but you could always just kind of like slowly nod your head to them. And that's what this album album has in its entirety is a good swing to it. And nothing but a G thing has a perfect swing to it. And there's cool scratching. There's cool DJing and it's, on this one. And it starts out with the the percuss the the percussion, with the um what is that in, that stupid that what's that interest in, instrument? The um, oh my god, what is that instrument called? 
the fuck? It's the first thing in the song. It's the thing that opens up the song. That percussive instrument. Not like a, not mm. a cowbell. It's obviously not a cowbell. It's not a shaker. What is that? What the hell? What is it? I don't know. But you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, but what it's it's like a Latin instrument, but what the fuck is it? I can't even think right now. But it's such I a cool just play, way. To, I, I, there's probably just a button on the keyboard. Yeah, I mean, I I was really surprised how much synth there actually was. Like there, were, a lot of this record, at least the stuff with Colin Wolf, I thought those were actual, like it was somebody actually playing the bass, but it was all done on a Moog, on a, on a synthesizer. Well, he did. And he did play a lot of a lot of the bass on this. He did. He did play. Like, that well, wasn't true, the direct true. samples, but besides the bass and then the flute, it, there was everything else was digital. Yeah, and it it just it worked so well. And my God, I I and I was very surprised overall in this record how much Dre pulled from uh, Parliament and Funkadelic. I had no idea that. I mean, obviously everybody was a fan of those of George Clinton and all that kind of stuff back in the day, but to use and and sample as much as he did on this record was really cool i really really dug that i think that's and that's like that was that was like a calculated effort on him is to create a new sound he was taking the p-funk sound and gangster to create the g-funk and like mm-hmm. i don't know just to even just to even being in in the mindset of hey i'm going to create a new sound on top of an already emerging genre which was hip-hop in general which had barely been around 10, 15 years, mm-hmm. and especially like gangster rap, which had just broken the ice years earlier, not even years earlier. And so now he's taking it and, and, and creating an entirely new sound and doing that deliberately, not accidentally, just shows like the genius in Dr. Dre. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's kind of cool too, knowing how his background was, he was DJing for, for local radio for K-Day, uh, back in Los Angeles, and he kind of came up with that, and then he joined the what was it? Not the Wrecking Crew. What was it? Yeah, the World Class Wrecking Crew. It was a World Class Wrecking Crew. Yeah, so yeah. he joined that group, which was essentially like a pop soul funk group. So he he kind of had his foot in that air in that genre in that era of of Parliament Funkadelic, but then he just it's the genius of of translating that with or mixing that with. Grandmaster Flash and everything that hip hop was was doing at the time was was so genius. I mean, he had a he had a great platform because NWA is just, I mean, they're like one of the coolest things to ever come out of hip hop. And then yeah. he also kind of had, unfortunately, a a lot of source material with with the LA riots, with the Rampart scandal, mm-hmm. with the crash unit, with the militarization of the LAPD. He had a lot of source material just getting shit on by his city. And so mm-hmm. all of these factors led to him just kind of just being fucking really irritated and really tired of, of just life in general and, and, and everything and coming out with an album that blew people's minds even still to this day. And and my God, I read so much about like the LA riots and, and Chief Gates and just all of, God, that guy said so many stupid fucking things. <laughs> He was such yeah, an idiot. Were, yeah. It's all on him, dude. It was all his fault. Like, 100%. Daryl Gates is, like, the worst police chief that has ever been in the United States. He is, <laughs> he is so fucking awful. Like, the dude did not care about minorities, clearly, at all. 
Yeah. Even going yeah. as far to say that like, like when you choke a black man, they will die quicker because they are just made differently. Like this, these are things that he would say. That's unfucking believable. Man, he was not. He was at like a dinner party, trying to like get reelected or some shit while the LA riots were going on. Didn't even fucking care. He's like, oh whatever, okay. <laughs> yeah, the riots. Oh, were, what a knucklehead, yeah. man. Yeah, we were. We, we were way too young for that. We didn't understand that. Five years old, we, we didn't understand that stuff. No, I, like, but you hear you hear people talk about the LA riots and and you know like. We we don't know what like a real real riot is like until like recently until like 2020 2021 and we don't yeah. even know like how how bad the LA riots were because we were way too young and then when we hear people talk about it it's never as it's never as horrible as as the way they talk about it. you know like even like people talking about war stories it's, it's you it's impossible to put yourself in their shoes to really gauge how horrible it was but the more you the, like like the more you read about it and and just i don't know the, the, how hard it was for people in la to just like get to work to just to do anything and then you yeah. watch like the rodney king video again and i watched that this week and so i was just fucked, like yeah. god damn bro like are you kidding me and then all four of them were acquitted right none of them none of them yeah, got in trouble it's unbelievable it's like, dude, it's, um, and with with actual you, video evidence, you know, you're trying to kill him. Like you were literally trying to kill this dude. Like that's it's on yeah. video, and still nobody fucking cares. And so, mm-hmm. I, like, what are you, what are you supposed to do? Like, like when you when you feel you live in a city that that has completely taken away your voice, and you feel you have nothing, you have no other options. Like, how do you blame people for that? You can't at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this guy, Daryl Gates, man, oh, Jesus, just just read some of the shit that came out of his mouth and how unempathetic <laughs> it was. It's 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 like a fucking movie. It, it, he's like a villain in a movie. Is he still alive? No, nah, he's I dead. Wonder. He's dead. He's dead. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> yeah, he, probably, he probably lived a great life, too, fucking after that. Oh, yeah. Pension. Weird. All that kind of shit. Protected by other politicians. Totally. I mean, he retired uh, after the Rodney King beat, beat, or the beating and the riots came out. He he retired after that, but, whew. but yeah, he probably still lived like a pretty good life after that, even after all the shit that went down. What a knucklehead! <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, so musically, also on this one, I I thought this was really interesting. Th- this is Snoop Dogg came up with his his idea uh, for his ver- for his first verse first verse uh while he was in jail and what he would what he did was he called he was trying to call dre and dre didn't pick up and was it warren g i can't even remember right now but it might have been warren g picked up the phone and and snoop had said you know i have this idea for the song for a song uh i'm just going to do it over the phone and let me know if you think dre will like it and it was the the first verse to to the song and and I like I said I think it was Warren G I could be wrong they said no Dre's gonna love it you know when you're out let's let's record it and then so they ended up recording his part three different times after he got out of jail the first time though but then the the first time they recorded it they had accidentally left the tape the reel inside of uh, inside of a car so it damaged it and ruined it so then they they re-recorded it and then they accidentally erased it and they they recorded it a third time and that's what you finally hear on the actual record is the, oh, is the third so or technically good. fourth or technically the fourth iteration of that verse of Snoop's verse. 
That's pretty crazy. I, I thought that was a cool story that I read. Yeah, but it's it's cool that man, just like the way the way NWA just kind of crumbled because because of Suge Knight essentially and Jerry Heller, and the way NWA crumbled, and then the way Dre thought he was making a name for himself, but really just kind of under the supervision of Suge. And mm-hmm. I honestly, if it wasn't for Snoop and coming in and being so different, like I don't know if Dre would have got the confidence to go off and make his own label or, or if he would have just stayed under death row and still been under like Suge's supervision because I think Snoop pushed Dre to be better because Snoop's flow is still bad at that time. But you could tell he's trying a lot harder than he, you know, 10 years later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I, I think, I think Snoop pushed Dre to just be better to, to let, let Snoop do his thing, to let, let his flow just kind of happen and, and let's meet at the end, but also to, mm-hmm. to take a backseat. You don't have to be rapping on every single song. And Dre doesn't rap on every single song. And so I, I, I don't know, man. Like I, I think, I think that Snoop being on this album and, and then Snoop taking off and then with doggy style and then, and two, one, three and all the stuff that Snoop did after this, I think that helped Dre a lot. Oh, totally. It totally did. But then there Dre, would be no Snoop without Dre though. That's the thing too. Yeah, I'm fine like, with that. There's no way Snoop. There's no way Snoop would have been able to to reach the levels he has without Dre. Without this. Without I'm, the chronic. I'm, and I'm fine with that. No I'm cool with that. I'm I'm fine. Yeah, with, no, with, I am too. With that, because they they needed each other. Honestly, on this record, they needed each other because not only was it just his weird vocal style, his vo- weird vocal delivery and and sound, but it was also the the difference in in sound too. Because Dre obviously has the deeper, more aggressive voice. And then Snoop comes along and it's high pitched. It's like, what the fuck? It's like listening to Be Real for the first time, but less obnoxious because Be Real is like really fucking annoying. But Snoop has this like this like this this. I mean, it's not the greatest flow, but he has his his own style. And it just it just sounds so good with his voice. And I don't know. And then hearing the back and forth between the two of them. And then on on this song, you know, they each have their own verse. But then there's another verse where it's both of them on it. And it's kind of like a little back and forth. And that happens a few times on the record as well, but it's it's like the the Tom and Mark thing. You get the high the high and the low, and that's what that makes some of the best Blink songs are the ones where Tom and Mark sing. Yeah, and it, it's the same idea with this. It's the high and the low of the, the two vocalists. I think Snoop also brought a fuck ton of weed into the studio, and for whatever it's worth, oh, Dre yeah. claimed like he doesn't smoke on songs prior to this came out. He said, "I don't need weed to alter my mind." and I don't know if that's true or not, but that he he said it. It was said. So yeah. But Snoop brought a, a lot of fucking weed and kind of like a fuck you attitude. And and Suge's a scary guy, man. He was a scary fucking guy. Oh yeah, I would not want to fuck with him. But <laughs> this is terrifying. But don't forget, this is a guy that got Easy E to sign over the rights for Dre, and Easy E was the only true like banger of N.W.A. The only person with a rap sheet. The only person really out there slanging rocks and and being like true a true gangster was easy yeah and Suge got him to sign the rights away and no one really knows what happened because it was like closed doors and Suge showed up with a bunch of guys and he left with that contract and that's not even a legally binding contract anyway you can't sign something under duress or force but <laughs> it, it happened and, and and Dre left ruthless and and went to death row so that's that's scary Think That's about how terrifying scary. that would be for, 
for I, I, yeah, it, it's terrifying. A hardened because, gang when, when a hardened gang member is afraid of somebody, then like you yeah. know that guy's just bad, and that's why Dre ended up fucking leaving Death Row because Suge was too violent. He didn't like it. He's like, dude, this is this is too crazy even for me. Yeah, he's, he was a, he's a psychopath. Is he still? And he was. Still he's, in, he's in prison. I mean, dude, it was like three years ago. He, he ran over yeah, those yeah, two yeah, guys in his car. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, forgot. The dude's a fucking psychopath, and he's probably listening to this in prison because he's in prison, fucking over by uh, TJ, like like straight out of uh, he's he's like miles above the border, Mexico, like San Diego, oh, really, 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 really south. Yeah. So you know, at some point, he's gonna be, El Chapo gonna get broken out of prison. Yeah, I'm he's sure gonna, he's gonna escape, <laughs> dude. And he's fucking gonna listen to this and come kill me in my sleep. Probably. Oh my god, dude! And then like all this, all the all the threats and coercion I just read about Suge Knight this week. The dude is just terrifying, and I never knew. And I don't know. Legend legend says that he once held Vanilla Ice outside of a balcony by his legs to try and get him to what sign and like sign his rights away. Fuck, man. <laughs> that's you no, know, that's really scary. Scary, scary dude. Yeah, he showed up to Vanilla Ice's like hotel room with you know his cronies, and then one of the guys from like the Los Angeles Raiders at the time and. Like just the power that this guy had over people, and and Ooh. yeah, that I I would I'd be scared to ever meet him, to be in the S- same room as him. He just he has that, and he's a big guy. He's probably what like six seven six eight, yeah, probably pushing four hundred pounds. <laughs> he's he's fucking big. Same same age as Dre, like same fucking age as Dre. So like. That's I, I think know, Dre's that's, fi- late fifties, fifty six, fifty seven. That's that's scary, man. That's scary, and, and I don't know. Just to have, just to go from Ruthless, which was Easy's company, and Jerry Heller was, was the manager for Easy and NWA, kind of, and then yeah. after realizing that Jerry was kind of stealing from, that's when Ice Cube left and went strictly for Priority Records, and then Suge came in and said, "Let me look over those contracts," and then told Dre, "Like, now nah, this guy's fucking you. I'm gonna get you out of your contract. Come sign with me." That was another thing. And then for like Suge to post up the million dollar bail for Pac to get Pac over to Ruthless. And then for essentially Suge Knight to completely call up P. Diddy and said, if y'all want to make videos without your, your manager in them all the time, come over to Death Row. That's fucking bullshit. And igniting a, a war, <laughs> essentially. Dude, the guy just had no no boundaries. He had he no was completely fear. fearless. Yeah. That's 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 scary stuff. And then like just 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 reading about random people he beat the shit out of just for no fucking reason. Then just being in like the wrong place at the wrong time and and just like putting people close to death, just because, yeah, because. And I was it kind of made me think too this week, how you know Tupac and Biggie died so young in the nineties. But why? I mean, of all the people to take out, why wouldn't you take out Shook Knight? They tried. They they tried to take out Suge when they killed Pac. They Suge was shot up too. But I'm kind of wondering. It's too that, fucking that, big. But it just seems so suspicious. Like I don't know. Well, that's like, why that that's why after after Tupac died in the in the the seven day theory, the Don Kill the one that you got fired for buying for me, that <laughs> album. There's a part in there where where people think that Pac is saying Suge shot me. Like he's whispering Suge shot me. Yeah, people th- yeah. there's conspiracies that think that Suge is the one that set him up, which doesn't make any sense because. Pac was the fucking hottest thing that Death Row had at the time. After Pac died, I mean, that clear, clear as fucking day that Death Row is going to crumble. It's going to yeah, completely uh, but, go away. But also with, with Tupac, depending on what kind of contracts were signed, it could in the end make him more money if he's dead. Yeah, but Dre was already leaving. He was gone. Yeah, so they, it was it was just Dre and plus Snoop was gone. I mean, Snoop, Dre leaves fucking Snoop's not going to hang around. He was on a contract with Death Row. So Snoop's gone. Dre's gone. Pac's dead. So you're done. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay, so what song should we talk about? Our your one B. 
Oh yeah, let me ride. Let's get into that then. Uh, that's that's also my one B. So oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah, that's my one B as well. <laughs> it's so good. It's really good. It's 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 amazing. And I was uh, I was watching a video that that Colin Wolf he did like some. I don't know, I guess seminar uh, where he talked about like the making of the chronic and everything. And, and he was showing the audience how he wrote the baseline with the melody, the, the high, the high melody on the, on the, the synthesizer. And he had some like guy come out and play the, the drum beat for him. And then he just like played along with the bass and then he played the melody part. It was just so cool. Just so cool watching him just kind of recreate it right then and there. I don't know. I, I, this song is just so it's, it's the perfect amount of of just that that p-funk sound i love it i just i absolutely love it it's a little bit more it's a little bit faster too a little bit more up tempo than a lot of the songs on the record which is exciting too i love it the video is great forget about it did you ever see uh the the straight out of company movie no i have not I didn't oh, watch it. it was it was it was good. I saw I saw years ago when it came out, and there's a part in the movie where where Dre's like writing for the Chronic album after he leaves NWA and goes ruthless, and he's writing the Chronic album. He has the little uh, the pian- the keyboard in front of him, and he has that noise that that moog that high synth noise that iconic G funk sound noise, and you can tell that he's that he's trying to he's trying to get something going, and it, it sounds like like ain't nothing but a, or, or, or nothing but a G thing, and he's getting close to it, but he never but he never quite gets the exact notes that you hear in the song but it's just it was just a really really cool clip of the movie and it was like 20 seconds long of him fiddling around with that noise and you're like oh my god he's so close to writing nothing but a g thing oh it's so cool (laughs) and like that that part of the movie is probably my favorite part of the entire movie because he's so close to getting and then the movie like it cuts to a different scene and he stops playing and and like oh my god he was so close but you know he gets it you know he gets it and uh, i don't know that that Oh, it's so good. You should watch the movie. It's really cool, especially after this week, too. I know, yeah. I, I should have watched it prior to the episode, but whatever. Yeah, you should have, actually. You should have done some more fucking homework. Should have, would have, could have. Should have, would have, could have. Yeah, but let me write, dude. Fantastic baseline. A fucking unbelievable mm-hmm. baseline. There's a lot of layering going on, too. Like, the baseline's under a fast drum beat in the verse, and then it's slowed down in the chorus. That, that again, that G-Funk high squealed sound. But then there's that faint yeah. piano in the back, and the piano's kind of verbed up. And it just like chords is ringing out and just that kind of layering, which all doesn't even like make sense. It's just all thrown together. And it's, it's, it seems like some jalopy of a sound, but <laughs> he pulls it off. And this is, this is probably the only time ever in Dre's career where I think he, he can carry the song perfectly in his raps. Otherwise I think he's, he's more of a co-star than a carrier, like a Will mm-hmm. Ferrell of rapping. I don't think he's good in the yeah, front. I, I think he's more of a partner. But this is the only time that I think he's absolutely perfect. Like this, man, the, the, the sound of Let Me Ride and his, his vocal delivery is absolutely perfect. And also, the, also Snoop Dogg doesn't, he's not very prominent. He's on the song, but he's not prominent. He's more of a background, more of a hype man for Dre, but not like, not like a, a Flavor Flav hype man. He's just kind of, he's just subtly there to kind of raise him up a bit. You know, and, yeah. and have Dre Rolling shine. My it, six foot. it was like it's the perfect amount of Snoop Dogg to accommodate Dre on this song. It, it's it's such a well made song, 
and dude, everything about it is I love it. I, I think it's it's honestly the best one, the best song on the record. It's the best song, dude. The chorus is absolutely fantastic. The transition from the verse to the chorus when it goes dun, 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 and then goes back oh, into dude, it. I love that part. It's so goddamn cool. Part. I love when they all say one eight seven and you hear Snoop one eight seven. His little, <laughs> little skinny bony ass one eight seven. Oh, it's so fucking good. I, I say it like that all every single time I listen to the song. I say it in my high pitched voice, put my little hand up all like decrepit and high, like one eight seven. Oh my god, no. Oh, it's so good. Love it. And then uh, there's a couple uh, female singers on this one, and one of them is Jewel and. For <laughs> I thought it was Jewel, like the the singer songwriter Jewel. No, oh, oh, until yeah, I sure. click, until I click through the link and I'm like, oh wait, this is not it. Because well, because I listened and I was like, nothing about this sounds like Jewel. I like I thought maybe Dre had discovered her or something, but then obviously I clicked through and it was not the same Jewel at all, and I was embarrassed for myself. Uh, I mean, you should be embarrassed like thinking that it was the same Jewel for sure. I know. I don't know why. I don't know why I thought that. I don't know. It's stupid. Very I mean, stupid. actually, mm, no, yeah, no, yeah, stupid. That's pretty stupid. It's pretty fucking stupid. <laughs> it's stupid, stupid. Uh, uh. Um, okay, so let, let's play a little bit of Let Me Ride, and then we'll get into some of the lyrics and go on from there. So okay. here it is, Let Me Ride, the, the best song off of The Chronic by the Dr. Dre's. So what I'm dreaming, tell him what the fuck I'm going on. Creeping down the back street on D's. I got my Glock cock, cause niggas won't fees. No soon as I said it, seems I got sweated by some nigga with a tech nine trying to take mine. You wanna make noise, make noise. I make a phone call, my niggas coming like the Gotti boys. Bodies being found on Greenleaf with the fucking heads cut off. Motherfucker, I'm Dre. So listen to the play by play, day by day. Rolling in my phone with 16 switches. And got sounds for the bitches, cocking all the riches. Got the hollow points for the snitches. So won't you just walk on by? Cause I'm too hard to lift And no, this ain't Aerosmith It's the motherfucking D.R.E. From the C.P.T. On a riding spree A straight G Hop back as I pop my top Get tripped I let the hollow voice commence to pop, pop, pop Yeah, cause if it don't stop I have to put my shit in reverse Go back and take another spot Cause I'm rolling in my 6-4 With all the niggas saying There you go. Let me ride from Dr. Dre, the best song on the Chronic. All right. So what do we got? What do you have lyrically on this one? <laughs> I mean, just like he just said, just another day. It's, it's he just this yeah. is his life. It's a way for Dre to flex his power, as well as kind of give us a glimpse of of where he's from and and what the CPT is like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I got too. Driving around town. Uh, just kind of going into the more dangerous parts, knowing not to fuck with him because he's gonna either whoop your ass or kill you. That's what it is. I mean, that's just that, like arrogance. Why? Why humans consume media and and the purpose behind it, whether it be movies or music, is is just to take us out of our world and put us into the world of somebody else or something else. And I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's why. 
from from like just folklore, right? Just passing stories down from generation to generation. That's that's what we like. That's what humans generally like, and that's what Let Me Ride is is, is taking yourself out of your life and putting yourself in somebody else's shoes and what life is like in the middle of fucking Compton in the nineties, which by all accounts was probably a horrible, horrible time to grow up in. No, I'm sure. Yeah. And I just, I dude, I still just can't get around like how far we've come as a society, but still how much we still have to go. But my God, just watching that Rodney King video again this week. Cause it's been, dude, I haven't watched that video since I started the police Academy. And before then it was since high school. And so mm-hmm. just watching it again, it just, it gets, it gets worse every time. I, the older I get, and I watch it again, and she gets fucking worse and worse and worse. And it's just... I haven't watched it's it so years. fucking bad. Like, oh my God. it's Dude, it's so bad. Like, you got to watch after the pod's over. And you just... What what police do now compared to what they did to that dude is... is uh, It's so mild. I mean, they just fucking killed the dude, and that's why half our country rose up and rioted. But it's, yeah. it's very, very, very bad. Yeah, I got I mean, I should have... I should have read more about the riots again. I, mean, I haven't read about them in a long time, but yeah, and I, like I said, I haven't watched that video in I don't even years and years and years. And then and it's then like the whole brutal though. And the whole uh what's that dude's name? Reginald Reginald Denny. Remember that dude that got pulled out from his uh his truck and was beaten by the four guys mm-hmm. and like one guy dropped the cinder block on his head. It was all captured by the news chopper. And the oh, entire time, yeah, 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 I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the entire time they're wondering, like, "Where's the fucking police? Where's the police?" Well, they they didn't go there. They they're done. They're like, just let let the rioters do their thing. They'll they'll kill each other. They'll die out. And it's just like that that <laughs> mindset. Wild. That was that was the police chief's mindset. Just let them let those. By all accounts, Daryl Gates, like for sure, just thought that they were animals. Let those animals deal with each other. Don't yeah. waste police. Don't waste police time dealing with them. Let them do it themselves. Let's put our efforts into actual places, into the rich areas of L.A. Mm-hmm. And so it's yeah. just, I don't That's know, where man. the like, taxes come from. So, I mean. I, I, yeah, and this is uh, this is after a Prop 13 passed in California that, that made it so that your property taxes won't increase by more than like 1% or some shit. And that was in like the, I think that was like 1980. Mm-hmm. And so, you know. Power is kind of coming back to the rich at that point because if your property taxes don't increase by more than one percent a year, you know you can't get it's, more money for whatever yeah, you want to exactly. do. And and so, and so it's it's oh my god it's it's so bad. And LAPD was the first. So like Daryl Gates started SWAT, right? The, he, mm-hmm. SWAT was his thing, and LAPD was the first police union or whatever to militarize in the entire United States. So they got all the best gear. They got the high powered rifles. They got the, the SWAT vehicles, mm-hmm. the whole crash unit, right? And the whole rampart unit. And then Suge from death row was, was hiring off duty LAPD officers who were also involved in like the rampart scandal that were involved in the mm-hmm. crash unit. And he was, he was hiring these LA off duty LAPD officers to essentially be enforcers to him signing new talent or to, <laughs> put away <laughs> rivals like even rival gangs and in and like dude suge had fucking the police under his thumb he had the crips the bloods music the guy mm-hmm. the guy fucking ran la for four yeah. four years you know what i mean yeah no he, he really Good did Lord. i mean i don't know all of the details but no he was highly influential he i mean there's nuts. there's a whole lot of conspiracies of him and like the rampart scandal was essentially cops 
trying to put out hits because mm-hmm. of like the Bloods and the Crips that they they are killing gang members. And I mean, dude, and then Daryl Gates again. Oh my god, I cannot stand this guy. I fucking hate this guy so much. And then <laughs> and then he says, and then Daryl Gates comes out and says, anybody that uses drugs should be like killed. Should be should be dead. You should, you're 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 Fuck. a traitor to America, and you should just be killed. And it's like, dude. And he gets away from like that the is. community oriented policing, where where you get the community involved in like policing, and he just basically wanted just a a complete brute force. Let's just put for every one person, let's just put a bunch of cops on them and just lock them mm-hmm. up, throw away the key, like yeah. that. Just uh, man, that just did not work at all. Well, clearly, <laughs> yeah, no, it's terrible. I mean, it's just <laughs> absolutely. And it's, then, it's, and it's then, unbelievable that it was not even that long ago. I mean. I know. Years ago, but it's not that I long know. ago. But the, like di- all, all that, the the entirety of like demilitarized the police is because of this guy. This guy set precedent for essentially the police. And uh, I don't know, man. There's there's just two big camps of of policing, right? Community origin policing, or just basically proactive or reactive, mm-hmm. reactive. Whereas if somebody commits a crime, you come down on them really, really fucking hard. To yeah. deter anybody else, as opposed to like proactive, where you get involved with the community, figure out where the problem areas are, and and figure out how you can stop those problem areas from ever becoming problem areas. Mm-hmm. And it's just, uh, I'm not here to say which one's right or wrong. It's just clearly one doesn't work. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's very very true. Never fucking worked. I don't know if the other and one works, but we know this one doesn't work. Yeah, and what it comes to also down to is money, and then you throw corruption in there. You know, only so much can be done if you if it's not funded. You know, so that's, and that's fucked, what man. dude. That's what's Our so great about that's what's so great about Dre is because he did the chronic of the corruption and the shit in the '90s, and then he comes full circle and does the the soundtrack to the album, right? Yeah, soundtrack, <laughs> the soundtrack to the album. Yes, soundtrack to the album, and he comes back and he puts like Kendrick, and I mean I fucking love Kendrick Lamar. I absolutely yeah, love him. You do. He's from Compton. And like things haven't really changed and, and like it's a lot safer now, I guess, than the 90s. Mm-hmm. But you're still at like a disadvantage. And, and Dre even he gets a little deep in this album sometimes where there's some type of like self-fulfilling prophecy as far as growing up in Compton. People say you're ain't nothing. So you become nothing and you embrace mm-hmm. the nothingness. And then it's just this, this cyclical event. And, and, and for him to do that on the soundtrack to the album of the movie with Kendrick <laughs> Lamar is just such a cool, like passing of the torch and yeah. Oh, is. I fucking love Kendrick Lamar. He's so good. He's so fucking good. Yeah. He's good. He is good. God You're damn. Right. Like one of the greatest rappers in, in uh, history. He top 10 for sure. Oh, dude, get Absolutely. Hands down. He's good, but I mean, he's good. Whatever. Oh, we we dude, talked we talked about that we talked about that a lot when we did that Kendrick Lamar episode. I know. I yeah, I just can't get over just how how even like when NWA did fuck the police and then the FBI sent him a letter saying, "Hey guys, you shouldn't fuck the police because we don't like that." And then they go on tour and essentially read the letter to every crowd that they send, and then the next song they play is "Fuck the Police." Mm-hmm. And then even but like then police, they only did they only ever did one tour too. Because the police refused to, to provide any sort of security. Yeah. So or they, they pretty would, much had to cut their tour short. Or they'd arrest every single person that left the building for any kind of infraction. And Yeah, true. But that was also a time where, where 
I feel like the police just did whatever the fuck they wanted. Like literally just Oh yeah, totally. Totally. Like racial profiling, no, doing whatever the fuck they wanted. There was no repercussion. There was no repercussion at all. I mean, when you think about it, it was what only 20 years or a little over 20 years after like segregation ended. So, it's not that I mean, the the old guard, the old guard of police were still there. They're still going to be racist. It's not going to change overnight, especially back then. It's fucking wild. And if you just like look up the top like 10 biggest or notorious or dangerous gangs in the US, half of them started in LA in like the 70s. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Like what is going on with LA? Like what is happening? Why you, like come on. If half of the MS-13, if the 18th Street, like these fucking worldwide notorious gangs that have like connections to the cartel, if they're starting mm-hmm. in L.A., something is happening in L.A. that isn't working. And this guy, Daryl Gates, comes in and just fucking makes it all worse. Yeah, definitely. Because, I, I mean, L.A. is not new to riots, right? The Watts riots. They're, they're not new to fucking riots. No, not at all. Not at all. But... To fan the flames is just is just uh, it's unreal, it's on fucking it's idiotic. Honestly, it truly is know. like dude. He's LA, like a fucking villain. I cannot believe LA it. is such a terrible place, man. Like LA sucks. It, it really does. does. It sucks. It should be it honestly. LA sucks. should be the greatest city on earth. It yeah. should be. Yeah, it's perfect weather. It should be. Yeah, but it has like one of the most corrupt governments. In you know, in the United States, I, I, I just, it doesn't make any sense, and it kind of makes you curious. Like, is it so corrupt because not just the politics, but also because of Hollywood? Because Hollywood has so much power. Is there something there? I don't know. It's it's weird. I I, I I I think like like in this song, uh, uh, "Little Ghetto Boy." Where that's that's the song I I think that he was kind of talking about growing up in the hood and being stuck mm-hmm. in that self fulfilling prophecy of, of not amounting to anything, and it's 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 that was the cycle of ghettos in the nineties and and like again in the military's LAPD era of the nineties, our system is still meant to make the poor continuously be poor forever. Like it's so fucking hard. Yeah. Yeah. If you grow up poor, it's it's so fucking hard to not continue to be poor for the rest of your life. That's just the way our system True. is set up. Yeah. That's why rent's so goddamn high, so you can't save any money. Single parents, they're they're doomed. But I can't mm-hmm. even imagine what it was like in L.A. for any person of color in the '90s, and that's or 80s that, especially. Like the '80s were the worst. Like the the crime rate in the '80s was in L.A. was just astronomical. It wasn't until the 90s where it started to begin to dip. But the 80s were definitely the the most dangerous part of LA. Not even just for the uh for minority groups, but also just everybody in general. Like it was like the fucking wild west. You read any story about anywhere and even on Sunset Strip, it was the fucking wild west. And that was like, you know, <laughs> it was a much different scene on the Sunset Strip, but everywhere in that in LA was fucking wild. I, I think I think that's that's true. I I, I think like racial tensions were, were higher in the eighties and the nineties. I think the only difference between the two, and again, like it's it's this is just from what I read. I I have no idea what it was like. It wasn't there. But I think yeah. the only difference is now like where the eighties were a level playing field, now the nineties had the police 
that are they're clearly at an advantage over everybody else, and now they're flexing that advantage in an unlawful mm. and and unmoral, immoral way. And I think that's that's what separates like the '90s is is you're essentially being picked on by your own government, specifically. Yeah. Like they're not even or hiding at, at least, this point, or at least it's out in the open. Like yeah. you were always getting picked on, but this is like this is televised now. This is <laughs> no, it was like fucking hiding. It, I mean, try to hide it. It was like you know when with the Vietnam War, it was so it was so unpopular because it was the first war that was televised. And I felt like, I feel like in the early late eighties, early nineties, that's when everything started to be televised within LA. And then the riot, I mean, the Rodney King riots were way more televised than the Watts riots were like way more. And, and the political push on, on Rodney King was way more than it was for the Watts. Same area was like 10, 10 year different or maybe what? 12 year difference. Right. Because Watts yeah. was like late 70s, right? 78, 79? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, just television-wise and news-wise and, and all that kind of stuff, the 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 Rodney King riots had way more, you know, television exposure than Watts did. I mean, don't so forget, I, I think too, that, like that's the 80s, a big part of it, too. The 80s had just, I mean, L.A. was so unestablished at this point, like in, in the 80s, and there were so many subcultures coming up from the seventies. And, and like I said, all mm-hmm. these, a lot, I was like this week, I was just reading a lot about gang culture in general. Yeah. And I, I, I was fucking surprised by how many gangs start. There's essentially three cities, right? There's Chicago, New York, and LA, but yeah. a lot of the biggest gangs that are just because Renee watches a lot of these, uh, the prison shows, you know, like stuck in prison. What do mm-hmm. you call it? I don't know. Locked up or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> And like the biggest, about. the biggest gangs in prison are also like the biggest gangs outside of prison, and a lot of them started in L.A. in the seventies. And so, like, if these gangs are starting in the seventies, the eighties is when they're really trying to get their foothold in to to establish themselves. But I think the police at that time just were indifferent. Whereas in the nineties, mm-hmm. I think they made it a mission to to purposely go after uh, honestly people of color, like straight yeah, up no, I black think guys. Right, yeah. Like that's exactly who they were targeting. Oh, and another thing I about Daryl Gates. I think Gates, a lot of it. What? I just remembered. Sorry. He fucking started Dare, the Dare program. Remember Dare? Did, did he? No way. Did he really? Yeah. Yes. No shit. <laughs> the <laughs> biggest fucking like you know scam <laughs> racket you could possibly have. Oh my god, he started wow. Dare. Yeah, I forgot to tell you about that one. That was a good one. Wow. This guy Holy was a shit. fucking asshole, dude. This guy was just he. Oh my god, he did. He was. He was. He's like the poster child for smoke and mirror politician. Just did nothing and just said all of these fucking words that were completely meaningless. <laughs> you would love this guy. You would love to hate him. I should say. Oh yeah, You'd love, love to, to hate him. No, I wouldn't Dude, love him. Yeah, I'd love to hate you him. You got like after this week. Just read up on Daryl Gates and all the bullshit that he said. How yeah, many I've never. Just, oh, it's so funny. I remember. You know, I I do remember when I was a kid. My somebody in my class. It was like second grade, and her dad was a detective for LAPD. And for a field trip, a fucking field trip, we took a field trip to LAPD state, the LA, like in a, like downtown LA police station. And we did like a tour of the police station. And I remember like everybody's parents went cause they were all terrified of, of like, course. Cause, cause this is right up. Cause what, this is riots were in 92. This is probably 94. So this is like right after the riots had finished Fuck that, dude. and we what, went on a field why? trip. I don't know. I don't know. But we, we took a bus out to L.A. and and we we did a tour of LAPD. 
and uh and i yeah all my mom was there everybody all the parents were there because they were they were scared honestly they were fucking scared and then remembering now it wasn't that scary especially comparing it to now like la now compared to la in 1994 la now is just fucking terrible like it's crazy i think crazy i think now that we're older we're less afraid of like you know like like the black guy in the shadows mugging us at night because we've Mm. We realize that doesn't happen. Yeah, that's not what, like a thing. Yeah. Now, because but that's what we're fucking told. Like growing up, is, is some yeah, some yeah. guy in the shadows always. You know, I don't know. I, I grew up in a very Mexican neighborhood, and that there was no there was nobody else except for Mexicans and some white people like me. And so yeah. I just like I didn't even I didn't even hang out with like like anybody else outside of the race until like middle school really, because elementary mm-hmm. school was that that's all that there was. But we're told from such a young age to to look out for somebody in the shadows, but then now that we're older, we realize that L.A. is bad because, like, it's oppressive. It's completely yeah. oppressive by their government, and I mean, not that we do anything to help it, but they just take it. They fucking just take yeah. it, and they've been taking it since I don't know, seventies, I guess. Yeah, man, it's a wild time. We we've we've gone. I mean, a lot of this stuff needs to be discussed when we're talking about somebody like Dr. Dre or N.W.A. But we really kind of went off there. Well, that's. I mean, that's exactly what what makes like this era of gangster rap so important to music because it's finally and and that's what like writing is. Writing is a deliberate taking back property that you feel has been taken from you in in whatever capacity when you loot when you Mm -hmm. take a tv from best buy it's like you know what fuck this you've taken so much from me i'm gonna take a little bit of something for myself and that's Mm -hmm. that's kind of what like rioting is and it it looks horrible and it looks bad and people shit talk them all the time but it's like dude these are these are essentially disenfranchised people who have felt for so long that nobody will listen to them. They have zero voice. They have no control over their own lives at this point. That if this is the only thing that they can do that they can truly feel in control of, you have to at least listen. You have to at least look at this and dissect it a little bit. Yeah. It's good figure way out what's going it. on. Yeah, so now that we're now that we're older, I'm a little more I'm a little more empathetic. I was not like this in high school for sure. I mean, college, <laughs> no, so it was a no, lot different, way more conservative than I am now for sure. <laughs> but now that we're getting a little older, getting a little bit more, uh, what do you say, softer? I guess more softer. empathetic. I should. I would say but softer, you, empathetic. But we're also we're also still conservative in some ways. We're not we're not full blown, you know, one way or the other. We're pretty. We, we, you and I ride the line. We're on the fence sure. on a lot I, of things. Yeah, I, I, I think like if there's a fence and there's two people on either side of the fence like yelling at each other, mm-hmm. I think you and I just open the gate and walk to whichever side we think is is right at that time. If they're talking about one thing, we'll just open the gate and walk to the other side. Yeah, Whereas those yeah. two guys will never cross that fence. We can just walk through the gate. And like I'm conservative in a lot of ways, but I'm very liberal in a lot of a lot of ways, and I. We're we're fine to to pick and choose what we want because you don't need to be one or the other. It's, it's not a fucking I don't know. It's not like go dog go or some shit. Like yeah. you got to pick one. Why do you got to pick one? Exactly. Life is way more complicated than that. Like all but. all of these things essentially boil down to an oppressive an oppressive government that makes us feel like we need to fight each other when we should be fighting the man. Exactly. Yes. At all times. You're right. I I, At all I agree times. with you 100 percent on that one. 
it's it's this constant divide 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 and it's very little of anything else and it's the, i mean honestly it is it's not just the government the government and and politics it's it's the media and how much they're paid to say certain things and do certain things and it's disgusting it's it's so obvious it, yeah everybody just kind of like lays back and it just kind of accepts it oh it's the way the way she goes the way she goes boys but <laughs> i know it's, it's, it's so it's so embarrassing fuck critical thinking fuck thinking at all you know just it's so to fun us. to it's so fun to be a bartender and then have like people sit next to each other and especially now with like the vaccinations and the anti-vaxxers oh, yeah. and be able to be there in the middle and be like why why do you hate this guy and then why do you hate this lady and then finally <laughs> yeah. be like you guys both realize that you sh- no matter what you should be hating the government at, at any point in your life like yeah nobody yeah. likes the government like why are we hating why are we fighting each other Bringing yeah, people together, baby. It's like Doctor. <laughs> that's Jay. what you do. That's what you do at your. Oh, never mind. No, that's that is what I do. I just make fun of everybody, and now they're all terrible yeah. people, and they should be hating the government. <laughs> yeah, let me ride. All right, that's so a, should, let me one. ride. That was our. That's our one bang. Our one B. Our one so, B. What do you got for your number? Oh, your number two was nothing but a G thing, right? Yeah, nothing but a G okay. thing. So my number two is uh, fuck fuck with Dre Day. Fuck with Dre Second Day. Song. That's my this 3D. is a. Uh, oh, there we go. We're, we're like we're pretty much on point on this episode yeah. as well, which is nice. Uh, this one, it's it, it's the perfect transition from the intro to this song. Uh, it's it's just introducing a lot of that that P funk sound again, or the G funk, I guess you could say. And it just really kind of lays into that. It gives you. It gives you the it's it's the starting point of this record. It gives you what it sets you up for what you're going to hear on the record for the most part, and I, I love it. I think it's just a great opener, a great opening to an amazing record. But it's it's very much of that that G funk. But what do you got on this one? What, okay, so do you have the the actual intro, the chronic? Do you have that as a banger? Well, I mean, it goes it goes hand in hand with with the the second song. Okay. I mean, I I, di- I didn't put it. I didn't put the first song, the chronic, as a banger, because you kind of you can't do that, because it doesn't stand alone as its own song. Really, it's only great when you transition into the second song. Okay, I got you. That, that's that's kind of what I felt too. Because I do think the chronic, the intro is is it's so fucking good. But mm-hmm. I think it's better because it transitioned into fuck with Dre Day. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, that's, that's I great. I. I I think fuck with Dre Day is a weird, it's a weird concept. You're, you're taking like heavy funk sounds that are sort of in, in, in like major keys and they're not, mm-hmm. they're like rarely flat, right? Or ever in like minor or anything. And, and they're always like in major and they always sound at least pleasant. Then you're making a very aggressive, hard gangster song from them. And I think that's, <laughs> that's bizarre. And, and obviously like the atomic dog jam thing that they're going on here. And and mm. this is if this is like the first time you've heard Snoop, it's it's like wow. If this is your yeah, introduction to Snoop, it's so fucking cool. You just you think who is this guy? And he's from Long Beach. He's not even from LA. And like this whole <laughs> LA know. feud and thing. And this guy coming up from Long Beach and and oh my god, it's just so goddamn cool. And he's just mm. he was just so smooth. He was so rad. He still is really smooth and rad, but rhythm aside he is still really smooth and rad and really a really cool guy that has never compromised 
anything ever in his life because he's yeah. still the same he's a person. Great character. <laughs> he's like the, I feel like he's the same dude from when he recorded at the, on the Chronic. He's probably never changed. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But I, see, I so the this album wasn't the first time he had collaborated with Dre. He he they did do his song just for like two months or maybe a month prior to the release of this record. I can't even remember the name of the song, but. So, th- so he it was he wasn't brand new, but I feel like the the proper introduction to Snoop Dogg, or Snoop Doggy Dogg, was the Chronic was this first these first two songs. This perfectly, you know, this perfectly shows his capabilities and what he does best on these two songs or this entire record, honestly. But I'll never I'll I'll never forget the I like to tell a story because it's funny, but. Okay. When I when I worked at Knotts, I kind of I kind of met Snoop Dogg because he was on he was in Camp Snoopy with his kid, and he was on the little Ferris wheel. Mm-hmm. And I was I I worked at Knotts when I was like so weird, eighteen or something, or like seventeen or nineteen or eighteen or I think it was seventeen. Yeah, something like I think you were you were still in high school, right? Yeah, because I got paid six seventy five yeah, an hour. School, yeah. So whenever whenever the fucking minimum wage was six seventy five an hour, I was probably like sixteen then. Yeah, probably, probably. Cause I only works, yeah. For whatever he was, he was on he was on the little the little Ferris wheel camp Snoopy with his kid, and and I remember walking back with uh, my trainer, or my lead, or whatever mm-hmm. you fucking call her, and we're going back to the to the break room to like have lunch, and I was like, oh, is that Snoop? And she was as she was telling me that that it's not policy for us to like to interact with like celebrities. <laughs> I just I just like yelled <laughs> out. I was like, hey, Snoop, like, as loud as I fucking could. And he, he just turns to me, looks at me, and just says, puts his hands out like he's in now and says, bow, wow, wow. And that was it. Oh, my fucking, God, no way. Didn't, didn't say another fucking word. I just kept walking, just laughing. And I remember my trainer looking at me. And you could tell she was smiling, but she was super irritated that like I clearly just interrupted her, <laughs> trying to tell me that we should never interact with celebrities and yelled out. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not going to pass up a chance to not yell, hey, Snoop. Not going to happen. For seven bucks an hour, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for seven. Fuck out of here. I don't remember her name was. Fuck out of here, Maria. I'm not fucking passing it up, <laughs> bitch. Oh, that's fantastic. That is so she's, good. She was actually really nice, though. I think her name was... Actually, I don't remember her fucking name was, but she was actually really nice. <laughs> I liked her a lot. I've never, I've, never met a, I've never met a rapper, ever. You met Warren G.? I didn't know. I didn't meet Warren G. You were there no, when I, I yelled his name I, or when I, when I talked to him. Was that Nam? Yeah. Was I? Are you sure I the, was there for the Warren only G? the only guy I've ever noticed at like Nam besides Patrick Wilson from the. You're right. You're right. Razor. You're right. No, no. You're right. I remember now. Yeah, you recognize Warren G. Yeah. Oh, so excited! I do remember that now. Yes, you did. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so and so. That's that. Oh, like, let's go talk to them. And you're like, I don't know. I don't. I don't. Is that really what they look like? But yeah, you did Warren G. I was like, I have no fucking clue. <laughs> Regulators, man, come on, so good. <laughs> you did. I wow, I totally forgot about that. I remember he's just yeah, walking, yeah. like just walking by himself, and the dude, iconic West Coast hip hopper. Part yeah. of the two one three was Snoop and, and uh, fucking Nate Dog. Wait, was it Warren G. or Nate Dog that you met? Warren G. Was it Warren G. Okay. Yeah. Wow, man. What a time. What a time to be alive, huh? <sighs> yeah, All right, should we play stuff. a little bit of uh, Fuck With Dre? Oh, yeah. We even fucking we even play. Let's get back to it. Yeah, good. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah, let's play this right now from uh, the Dr. Dre. Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
buster. Where the fuck you at? Can't scrap a lick. So I know you got your gat, your dick on hard. From fucking your road dogs, the hood you threw up with. Niggas you grew up with. Don't even respect your ass. That's why it's time for the doctor to check your ass, nigga. Used to be my homie, used to be my ace. Now I wanna slap the taste out your mouth. Make it bow down to the rope. Fucking me, now I'm fucking you, little hoe. Oh, don't think I forgot. Let you slide. Let me ride, just another homicide, yeah, it's me, so I'ma talk on, stomping on the easiest streets that you can walk on, so strap on your Compton hat, your lopes, and watch your back, cause you might get smoked, low, and pass the bud, and stay low-key, BG, cause you lost all your homies' love, now call it what you want to, you fucked with me, now it's a must that I fuck with you, yeah, that's the fuck I'm talking about. We have your motherfucking record company surrounded. Put down the candy and let the little boy go. You know what I'm saying? Fuck motherfucker. There you go. Fuck with Dre Day. <laughs> Dude, just the way Snoop comes in too. After like, after Dre is, is just so aggressively coming after Easy, right? And then Snoop just comes yeah. in and is like, hey, bow, wow, wow, yippee, oh, yippee, what's going on? <laughs> you, could, you couldn't get more chill than that. Like the complete opposite of Dre. It's he's, great. He's like the guy when like two people are having a very heated argument and then he somehow immediately calms it down with just like, hey, let's go have a drink. And then everything's just okay. <laughs> like that's it. You're right. Yeah. So good. He's so it cool. great. I love it. Uh, and then lyrically on this one, to me, it's just kind of like it's talking about the two of them sticking together or really just their crew sticking together. And there's a lot of dissing of Easy e and just other other people, a little bit of Ice Cube, even though Ice Cube was they became friends again right after this record came out. But there's some there's some disses against him. But yeah, I mean, uh, so like like Ice Cube left N.W.A. first. He He was the first to realize that. The dude Jerry Heller was essentially working for Easy, and people love Easy. I love Easy too, love him. I don't get it. I my know. probably like my favorite, my favorite rapper from NWA. I, I love, I love his delivery. I love the way the he sounds. Wor- I love everything about him. And, the worst I, rapper, but yeah, you 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 talk shit on Snoop Dogg. I make zero no. sense. Makes zero sense. And and uh, Easy wasn't even supposed to be a rapper either. It was like that was like Dre was trying to get Easy to to come up and and read uh, rap Ice Cube's lyrics for Boys in the Hood, and it wasn't even supposed to happen like that. But um, but yeah, I, it's 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 the fuck was I even saying here? Oh yeah, Ice Cube left yeah, NWA first, and 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 they all hated Ice Cube, and then on NWA's next album, they're dissing Ice Cube, and Ice Cube was just like, dude, you fucking you're not paying me enough. Ice Cube's writing most of the words. Most of the lyrics, most of the songs on NWA, mm-hmm. and he's not getting paid his fair share. So he leaves, and then they shit talk him. And then Dre realizes that he's not getting paid his fair share, so he leaves, and he shit talks easy. But then he also kind of like disses Cube, and it's like, dude, hello, you, you fucking dumb? Like, clearly the problem is, is easy, <laughs> but not necessarily his fault because he's being taken advantage of by his shitty manager at the time. Like, dude, mm-hmm. pick your battles, bro. Like, these are your boys here. You grew up together. You 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 know, you should still be friends. They all did make amends before Easy died, so that's good. That's Barely. fine. That's yeah. good though, 
because you don't want to be like like the Fogarty brothers, right? Before Tom died, John never yeah, true. reconnected, and that's sad. So you never want to do, you do think that. John really cared in the end. Of course he cared. He says he cares, and that's sad. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And now and now he has kids, and, okay. and he talks about how like he doesn't ever want his kids to have that kind of split the way him and his brother had that split over okay. over stupid over fucking music. Like, who cares? Yeah. Fucking music. You know what I mean? It's insignificant. And I I realize I really uh, I realized this week how stupid the entire the entire like East Coast West Coast thing was, and just. The fact that people just hated each other so much for shit that's so fucking dumb. Like, they're fucking, like, children. They're, they're fucking children. I mean, yeah, they kind of screwed each other over, but to, like, to, to come out with a diss track, that's that's stupid. This like, it's one thing to be mad at somebody and be irritated with somebody or pissed off, but to come up with a diss track, it's it's stupid. This is human it's behavior. So this is human so behavior. This is the reason why... Why Green Street Hooligans was so popular is because we're so infatuated with with sports fans fighting other sports fans for a team that doesn't give a shit about you, right? Yeah, you're ready. Like these, some of these 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 firms are ready to die for people that don't give a shit about them, and and it's True. same out here. Like Dodger fans will fight Giants fans. They will they will come to blows. For a team that does not give a shit about them, and this is yeah. this is just human behavior. There's there's pride, but then when it comes to like I don't know having pride in your own I don't know city or whatever, you, they'll still throw trash everywhere. They'll they'll they won't say anything when someone's being taken advantage of somewhere. They won't show up to the polls. They won't show up to like PTA meetings. They they won't voice their opinions where it matters. But my God, you know fucking I don't know the saints versus somebody else they'll fight <laughs> they'll fight like, where's the path some might say some might say that they're emotionally underdeveloped i mean that's mentally that. underdeveloped so that, that's emotionally adequately developed that's mentally underdeveloped is you're, you're putting <laughs> you're putting your emotions in the wrong spots yeah true true true, true. there's there's regulars that come into to my 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 place of business and they, there's a bar across the street called Fox's Cigar Bar, and it's a nice place. But they, there's certain days that the regulars that come into my place won't go to Fox's Cigar Bar because there are other regulars there that they fucking hate. And I say, what do you mean, like, hate? Like, you don't like me? No, I fucking hate them. Like, every time I see them, I want to fight them. I said, why? I don't know. I don't remember. And it's just this, like... Are you serious? I swear to you. I swear to you. <laughs> it's just fucking, fuck? like, Hatfield and McCoy thing. It's just... I've hated them for so long that I just need to continue <laughs> hating them for no other reason than they now hate me because I hate them because they hate me. I said, Dude, this is so fucking dumb. Yeah, it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And that's, that's I mean, that's that's what this beef was between the East Coast and the West Coast. It was just, it was, it was perpetuated by, and, and there's nothing wrong with like friendly rivalry. Absolutely nothing wrong with it. I think it's good no, yeah, for, for whatever business you're in. I think it's I think it's great. But to hate somebody for music, like it's so stupid. Yeah. It means nothing. And to hurt each other and to hurt each other, kill each other over something. It's even more ridiculous. Yeah, like literally the killing of people. Yeah, I mean, Tupac dumb. got got shot before he got shot again and died. Fifty Cent got shot nine times, fucking survived. Yeah. 
my God. Oh, dude. Then like just Dre starting after Matthew. I want to talk about how great Dre is, right? So Dre discovers Eminem, arguably like one of the hottest rappers of all time, if not one of the top five rappers of all time. Starts Aftermath. He discovers like Eminem. He signs 50 Cent. And I I know you're like not a big 50 Cent guy, but dude, Get Rich or Die Trying, fucking phenomenal album. Phenomenal album. The game. Only because Dre produced it. That's why. No, 50 Cent is a fantastic rapper. He's he's a, he's got fucking fantastic flow. He writes really good lyrics. His singing voice sometimes is not like a singing thing, but it's more of like mm-hmm. a talking with a with varied pitch type of thing. But mm-hmm. it's got like yeah. a hard edge to it because he was shot in like the fucking mouth and he kind of slurs his speech a little bit and <laughs> like the dude was like drug dealing in middle school. Like he's been like selling cokes and, and cracks in middle school because you know they. Inner city, they sell crack, not cocaine, because that's that's why we buckle down on them—the crack versus cocaine thing. It's yeah, God, dude, what, like a, he, what a what like a horrible system. Crack is cheap. Crack is whack. What a horrible system that you get caught with crack and you're fucking basically done forever. You get caught with cocaine. Oh, you must be a white person that has some money. Oh, don't worry about it. You're good. <laughs> you're good. Yeah. Have a good night. It's sir. fucked up. You're good. It, it's Man. and and then you read more about like the crack epidemic and how that a lot of that was, you know planted it was plant yeah planted intentional it was it's so fucked man but, but let's keep trusting our government you know <laughs> i know oh them. my god <laughs> let's keep doing it man because they haven't screwed us before right i mean the IRS like being the biggest seri- the biggest racketeering thing in the world i know like oh, my, I, I just saw i did actually today i just saw somebody post actually it was the guy that started in uh, eureka that show eureka Mm-hmm. He was like, he was like, "Hey, cancel culture! Why don't we go after the IRS next?" And I was like, "Ooh, that'd be nice." True, man. Yeah, <laughs> not gonna, never gonna happen. No, if you don't get the media, if you don't get the media with you, it's not gonna happen. No, because the IRS has the most strong arm tactics of all, but they're they're so on the back burner that it's, it's never gonna happen. Yep, never ever. Fuck right, with so, Dre Day. So what do you got? Oh, your three B was. Fuck with Dre Day. Oh, it was okay. Yeah. Should we? I mean, we we've been going for a little while now. Do you want to? Wh- what more do you want to talk about? Should we wrap it up? What do you think? Let's just. I mean, like rapid fire go through these songs. Um, okay. I mean, th- there's a lot to talk about, but I mean, I don't want to make this a four hour podcast. I well, realistically, I, I knew this was going to happen. I knew that we were going to talk about how much we hate authority in general <laughs> and. <laughs> In, in that in that sense, uh, what about D's nuts? Is D's nuts a banger? Uh, it's not a banger for me. I mean, obviously the opening part of it is funny because you know D's nuts. Yeah, but otherwise the song is whatever to me. I I do like that. I I mean Colin. I mean shout out to Colin Wolf again. He added so much to this record. I never even knew who he was until this week, reading about him. But he was very very significant to the making of this record just as much as Dre was, but he gets like no credit. That that's wild to me. I think I think that's yeah. Suge. I think I think that's that's one hundred percent Suge. I cause Dre is no Dre is not scared of asking for help. And and that's that's what makes Dre so great is he he constantly has people helping him do things, rap, mm-hmm. write stuff. He's never shied away. He's never denied it. He's he's always given credit where credit is due. I think that was a Suge yeah. thing of trying to make Dre the poster child for Death Row. And when The Chronic blew up and was an instant success, 
Suge used that as, hey, you can come work with this guy and and uh, with strong arm tactics also. He said, hey, come sign with me and you will be great also like him. Check out Dre. He did this by himself. I think that's more Suge thing is to make this album a Dre album rather than a Dre and Friends album. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because I, 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 I know... I never thought I never really un- knew that Snoop Dogg was on so much of this record as well. It, this could easily be like a, a Dre and Snoop record, like a collaborative yeah. record, like yep. like what what Jay Z and Kanye did ten eleven years ago. I mean, and not only them, but just a lot of other people have done that. But that was just a big example of it. But yeah, it's it's wild that this is only this is only credited as Dre, but there's so there were you know Snoop and Colin Wolf were I think the two biggest contributors on this record like without a doubt those two were i I think as much credit i think like no matter what is is the reason why dre gets so much credit and it's it's just because of like 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 the same thing with a head coach in any like major sport like this it's all about matchups like you know who's Mm -hmm. going to work with who really well like rizza with wu-tang he knows who is going to work with who really well on a song that sounds like this. He knows everybody's strengths. He knows their weaknesses. He knows how to pull things from people. And I think Dre, even though he's not, I don't think he's as good as RZA as, as, as far as pulling things out of people. Dre's more of a productionist. And yeah, I, I, totally I, he is. Like, I just think that he knows, the sound the beat, yeah. he, he just knows who to put with who at what spots. And, and it, he's a he's a master at that and it fucking shows because like over and over and over again album after album after album and then the whole like beats by dre thing and then he sold into apple for a shit ton of money like a billion dollars like, yeah apple's not a not not just some like mom and pop fucking store you know what i mean like it's apple yeah, it's they like don't one of the they biggest don't just, companies in the world <laughs> they don't just buy things if if they don't think it's like the best of the best and to buy beats yeah. by dre is is with all of Dre's history, and we're not going to go into all of the, the the horrible things Dre has done over the course of his life, but to yeah, buy something from a bad bad man like Dre, who kind of continues to be kind of a douchebag, but mm-hmm. to buy something for that amount of money from a guy who could easily just be canceled almost any day now, is uh, that that's impressive. Like this guy yeah. knows his shit. He fucking knows his shit. Kind of fun, kind of interesting how. A guy who has had such a, a a history, same with Snoop Dogg, they've had such a history. Neither of them have been canceled in modern in modern days, but they could easily have been. But there's too much money within their their corporations that there's no way it's ever going to happen. Never ever going to happen. No, it, I, like even all the all the women that Dre has beat up up yeah. until this point in his fucking life, like even just saying that phrase is just like how. How is this guy even still relevant at, in any capacity? They almost died earlier mm-hmm. this year. Remember, he had the fucking oh, he had the stroke, brain yeah, aneurysm right. or some shit earlier this yeah, year. He almost stroke. died. And then his house got robbed as he was in the hospital. Oh, that's right, it did. <laughs> I totally <laughs> like, forgot about that. Within, within like a day, dude, like somebody tried to break into his house and steal all his shit. Like somebody, somebody's waiting <laughs> for him. Well, yeah, that's exactly how it works. That's, that's why. That's why it's like, like I what I what I do with work now. When it comes to that kind of shit, it's like people think, oh, you know, you're in a high end area. You're never going to get broken into. But those are the people that get broken into the most because those are the people that actually have fucking shit to steal. Not a $200 yeah. TV. Yeah. If I'm going to go to fucking, if I'm going to go to jail for burglary, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to go for the gold. Yeah, exactly. 
it's it's stupid. <laughs> and the last one I want to talk about again is Little Ghetto Boy. So this one, I, there's oh, a yeah, fun fact a about too. this one. There's a fun fa- mm-hmm. there's a fun fact about this one. The flute that you hear in that is by yeah, um, what was it? some some dude named Catisse Buckingham. Mm-hmm. Never heard of him, and I never even really paid attention to the flute until this week. And it's cool. It's 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 oddly like well placed. It's fucking weird. But it, but you only really notice it, and you don't really notice it until the end when there's the flute solo for like a minute and a half at the very end of the song. Otherwise, it's it's pretty subtly just kind of placed within the song. Dude, I, I honestly, I noticed it like right away and I, I thought like, what, when the fuck was there, I, I, how have I missed this flute for so many years? Why is there a flute in, in gangster rap? Well, and then I, I looked at this guy. Already, I, I think it might be because you're already used to like having the high melody with the synth. So when you hear another high, higher sounding, higher octave instrument, like the flute, like you, you just, you're subconsciously, I feel like you're kind of just accepting it because it's not out of the norm. But then when you have it going on a solo going on for the last minute of the song, it's a little, it's, that's, a no, little. that's, that's fair. That's true. That's probably like exactly what happened. But yeah, the, the guy at Buckingham, he, he played with a ton of musicians in like the LA area, like Miles Davis, fucking Prince, just honestly hundreds oh, of shit. musicians. But more recently, something that he's notable for, remember in Anchorman when Ron Burgundy plays the flute on stage? At, at, at the at the at the club, and he's like, "I wasn't prepared for this," and he pulls the flute out of his sleeve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the guy that actually plays the flute for that is Katie's Buckingham. No who, shit, who That's played so flute weird. on this album? Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, it's tough. That's so stupid. This this guy but goes from clearly fucking, uh, an accomplished stu- studio musician, session musician. Yeah, and if you go to his website, like it, it's 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 so like. WordPress-esque. It's just so basic. And and they list off like all the people he's played for. And like, holy shit. Like, dude, your website should be way more, I don't know, professional, I guess, than mm. this because of the people you've played with, the iconic <laughs> legends he has played with. Does he have like a, a Wikipedia or is it just kind of like his no. own thing that he's made? It's just his, yeah, it's just his own website. There's no link on Wikipedia. There's not even like a, 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 a hyperlink where you can go to like the article that it's derived from. It's just, he's listed yeah. as a person. And I checked the record too. Like he's, he's listed as a person, but yeah, he played oh, the shit. fucking flute solo on Anchorman. It's so stupid. and so cool. <laughs> it's so bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool though. I really like that. But yeah, otherwise, so yeah, little, little ghetto boy is a good song. It's my eight B, but it's still a banger. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a slower it's a slower kind of beat, but it still has that like that signature kind of Dr. Dre bass bass line. You know, it's it's unique to the song. It's it's I don't want to say catchy, but it's um, it catches your attention. That's for sure. It's great. It's really really great. But and the, the flute, last the, thing, yeah, the flute stands out a lot. And the last thing before I'm totally good is bitches ain't shit. Is that a banger for you? Oh yeah. Totally. Uh, that's not a banger for me. Why? I don't think it's good. I honestly don't think it's good. I it's think my four B. It's my four B. I I think like 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 uh, that Ninja Daz. I think his verse is mm-hmm. damn good. I think it's fucking phenomenal. It's flipping and cocky in just like the best ways. Otherwise, dude, this this song is is it's so outdated and not even like funny anymore. And it's just like 
literally the the epitome of womanizing in the nineties, and it's so it's so difficult to listen to. Yeah, it's a little rough, and also sequencing wise, to put it as the last song, I think is terrible. It doesn't make any I, sense. Yeah, I I, I think because also I've only I only listened to this album this week on vinyl, so I listened to the album four times on the vinyls, and Jesus. by this time I'm pretty I'm pretty done. I'm I'm oh, pretty yeah, checked totally. out. So maybe that's also why I think this is not a banger. If this was like the fourth track, I'd probably feel differently. And it's just, yeah, I mean it was, it's so like it's an iconic song. Love or hate it, it's an iconic song. If it was song. if it was a mid range a mid range song like maybe track seven, that yeah. would be good sequencing right there. Because you you you've done you've done the P funk stuff, you've kind of like dabbled in a little bit of other things, but then you bring it back into this. You know, it's it would be good Oof. like track seven, maybe track eight. This is yeah. This is fucking fifty five minutes later. We're getting into bitches yeah. and shit. Good <laughs> lord. Bitches ain't shit, but good people. Yeah. There you go. It's so dumb. <laughs> It's like your yearly really Facebook post that you do, like fucking <laughs> once a fucking year, out of nowhere, with no no rhyme or no reason context, whatsoever, no context at all. Yeah, I, every couple of years I'll repost that. <laughs> Nobody knows what I'm talking about. Love it, love it, hella. I've still never like listened to anything that they've done. So yeah, hella is. I I don't think you would like them at all. I really don't <laughs> think you'd like them at that's, all. That's why I've never never <laughs> yeah. listened to it. Yeah, they're they're very 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 math rock, and uh, no vocals, all instrumental. But the drummer Zach Hill, fucking killer, 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 fucking drummer. But yeah, whatever, whatever. We're not talking about Hello. We're talking about um, Dr. Dre. So, what are your final thoughts? And uh, let, let's let's rate the record. We have a three point rating system, or let's rate the record, not rank it. Let's rate the record with our world famous rating system, where three is a perfect album. Two is a good album. You're going to continue to listen to. One is a bad album, but give it a shot. And zero is just fucking a trash fire. So what do you got? Go? Or, oh, yeah, go. go. Yeah, we didn't say go, so I, I didn't um, know what to do. You know, I, um, I thought you were smarter than that, but that's okay. Well, you always say go. You know, oh. Consistency is the foundation of greatness, kids. So let's, let's oh. keep it up. Oh, um, okay. I, I, this week has been really fun. It's been really uh, exciting. It's been a lot of hip hop this week, and I'll probably continue into next week along with the the Green A listen through. Um, but I, I mean, not like not not a but like in a, a negative way, but 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 like at this point, like it's been so long, I don't know the fuck I'm talking about anymore. <laughs> That's why we <laughs> talked about a lot of shit. <laughs> Final thoughts. I, I I think I think '90s era of hip hop was so diversive. And there's a lot of stuff on here that I can hear, like influence from Tribe. And there's a song on here that I can hear influence from The Far Side, which The Far Side came out like two months before this came out. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a there's a there's a specific part in this album that I was like, dude, this sounds exactly like a fucking Far Side song. So there's a lot of like really cool influence, and that's that's kind of like what hip hop is. It borrows, it takes a little bit from other things, it puts it together and makes something entirely new. Mm-hmm. And that's that's also like the reason why people shit on it so much is because they're not playing instruments and they're just you're taking shit from everybody else and making something and think, but like that's that's what music is exactly if, yeah unless you're fucking blind lemon jefferson or sun house like you're stealing something from somebody <laughs> yeah. else and making it something new like get out of here 
But yeah, you can't tell me like jazz music is original. Like you're taking from the fuck out of here. Yeah, there's Lawrence Welk. God, dude, Lawrence Welk is your god. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> but uh, the, the the '90s was just a really a really f- weird time for music. There's a lot of things going on in the '90s, and just politically, musically, and I think the Chronic came out. And was just like, hey, don't forget about us. And not just like hip hop, not just like black folk, but also just people that felt like they didn't have a voice. Yeah. And even though the chronic, the lyrically, I think is just very much like, here's my life. Here's how I live it. I think in doing so is giving giving them a voice, is, is giving people that felt disenfranchised, giving people that felt like, Nobody gave a shit about them, giving them a voice. And I think that's, that's, I don't think that was its intended purpose, but I think that's why it's so revered from, from anybody. Even Connie fucking like loves this record. Thinks it's one of the greatest of all times. Like yeah. everybody loves this fucking record because it is so goddamn good. And I think it's because production wise, it's unmatched. It's, it's like you said. I, I think it's one it's of the one best, of the, if not the best it's one of the best sounding records like of all fucking time. Yeah. It just, it's so fucking fantastic, but just like what it did for, for music in the nineties. Also, I, I think hip hop specifically mm-hmm. what it did is, is, is historic. It's yeah. great. And, yeah. and, and I, I actually love this record. I, um, damn, it's, it's hard because this is, this is, this is a tough one because I want to give it a three, but some of these skits are just so bad. Man, skits are rough, man, man. They're so bad. I think because of the doctor skit alone, if that was out, I could I could do a three. But because of the doctor <laughs> skit alone, I think it's just such low hanging fruit. Anything to deal with like just sex like that in such a upfront way, I think it's just such low hanging fruit. Yeah. And and because of that, I'm this is two point nine. I'm gonna give it two point nine. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Two point nine. I cannot I cannot in the right mind give it a three because of that skit. That's fair. That's very fair. But damn, this album is fucking good. And damn, did it did it do something for for hip hop and and just like society, to be honest, mm-hmm. straight up. Yeah. And with, with so kind of going into my final thoughts and kind of piggybacking off what you just said, a lot of people cite N.W.A. as like the turning point in hip hop, but I f- I don't feel that way. I feel like the Chronic is the proper turning point because yeah, N.W.A. did something so different. But they did something so different that nobody was ever really able to replicate or anybody was... Some people took influence on it, but they took more influence on The Chronic, both songwriting, both DJing, uh, you know, and then throw the production on top of it. I mean, yeah, the production on on the, that NWA record, those two NWA records are great, but they're nothing on The Chronic. Like, The Chronic is the the pinnacle of production in hip-hop. Like, nothing sounds better to me at least i mean i haven't heard everything obviously but i mean just sonically this record is just unbelievable it's it's absolutely insane and this record is to me is way more influential than nwa ever was they just said some Whoa. they said some very provocative things but and they kind of ushered in a new style but a very very short lived like very very short lived style of music but with the chronic setup was way more way more it had a lot more longevity stylistically and and i think this record is just it's it's unbelievable it's it's honestly it's unmatched 
and every every artist has taken has taken some sort of influence from it you know either whether it be underground hip-hop pop any sort of pop hip-hop or whatever you want to call it everybody has taken influence from this or has been influenced by this so i'm not going to go over a lot of you know the political stuff behind this and the riots because we already talked about that but uh with our with our three-point rating system i'm gonna have to give this a 2.8 because the skits i fucking hate skits they're they're usually (laughs) always terrible they're terrible terrible but then some of the the album's just too long yeah the album could easily have been cut down to 40 minutes maybe 45 minutes take out a couple songs take out some like outros and and because some of the songs are just there's too much of like an extra like minute and a half of just whatever just like the beat going and going which could be cool like if you're you know within the scene and you're kind of like putting your own rhymes on top of it that's cool but when you're looking at the cohesiveness of an album some of the songs are just way too long and the album in general is too long so that's why i gave it a yes. 2.8 but outside of that i okay. mean sonically it is one of the greatest sounding records of all time and within any genre but especially hip-hop so it's amazing it's absolutely amazing Oh, that's a fair point. Like, if you said that to any hip hop head, they're they're not going to immediately say, "What are you talking about? Fuck, there's no way." There's, it's it's hard to argue otherwise. It really is. I mean, it's it's not to say that it's bad. Like the 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 extra long songs are bad, but it's just not necessary. But I guess if you're if you are making your own kind of rhymes to the beat, I could see that that being like a cool thing for you. But yeah, whatever, whatever. Who the fuck am I? I'm just. This guy on the fuck am I, eh? This fucking guy over here. Yeah. But uh, do we have any uh, anything else to say about this one? Nope. That's all I got to say about that. That's all you got to say about that. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to the podcast. I thought the music was going to start, but there we go. There um, it is. Thank you all for listening to the podcast. Go to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe to us in there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Outros and intros are boring, obviously. So that's it. That's all. Nothing but cheating and chicken wang. It's good. Sorry, rap. Fact. Okay. Facts. So I got a lot okay. of facts for you tonight, kid. You can blow your mind. All right. Let's do this. Let, I'm, let's do this. Yeah. You gave your tarp up on your bed because your mind's going to get blown all over your bed. <laughs> get blood and guts all over your bed. You can get blood and guts all over your bed from your mind. Guts in your mind. Fucking guts in your mind. What? Oh, it's so stupid.